Hey, hey, Cubs fans, it's your boy Nick Hudson coming to you after an awesome offensive display by the Cubs. I am joined by Patrick Mooney tonight. Patrick, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Cubs up to 11 over. They haven't reached 12 over yet all year, so they're literally, you know, at their at their peak right now. So a lot of things to feel good about. You're right, man. The narrative for the Cubs all season has been they're bad on the road. Uh, they had a great homestand. We were hoping that they were going to go into this one. It was very important for them to get it going so they could flip the script. So a great win. So uh, let's start off. We have Cole Hamels on the mound. He was going strong in the first inning, I believe, until Cubs killer Suarez doubled on him. Uh, And then he was just horrible afterwards. He crumbled. He went three innings and gave up four runs. What did you think on Hamels tonight, Patrick? So Hamels, you know, I'm not too I, – I was happy to see the velocity was there. Um, with a guy like Hamels, um, you know, you're worried, you know, coming back from the oblique, it really threw him off his game when he had the injury in Texas a couple years ago. But he looked great in his first start off the DL over the weekend at Wrigley. And uh, Cincinnati, which if I'm not mistaken, um, is the mound he got hurt on uh, back when he, when he injured his oblique back in June. So maybe it's just something there, you know, different pictures of different feels for things. The velocity was there. The command was just all over the place. So – I'm not super worried yet. He'd probably need to have two more clunkers like this back-to-back after this one uh, for me to start getting concerned. Now, it's easier for me to say that after they ended up winning. If they lost this game, you know, 8-6, to six, maybe I'm singing a different tune. Um, but, you know, he was just out of whack, way out of rhythm, out of his, uh, you know, his mechanics were all over the place. So um, the offense picked him up tonight. Um, you know, that's what you got to do. That's what winning teams do. You know, if you're not firing on all cylinders, you know, you pick each other up, and that's what they did tonight. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I'm not too worried about it. I think, as you said, a couple more clunkers we have to start to worry. It's good to see the velocity there. He didn't spot many of his pitches. I thought that his breaking ball he had no feel for, which is important because it really sets up his other pitches, especially his changeup. He was not getting his changeup low on the hitters, so that was an issue for him. And Hopefully he can dust some things up. But as you said, the Cubs were able to pick him up. And Alex Wood for the Reds had a similar start really bad. Uh, I believe he only went three innings as well. Or maybe even, yeah, three innings. And then that was it. What did you think out of him? Right, yeah. So it was, you know, it's funny. You know, Hamels and Wood, the talk coming into the series is how good the starting pitching is on both sides. And then we end up getting the Kevin Gossman, Tyler Chatwood show. Um, and, you know, tip tip your cap to Chatwood. He was excellent out there, even when he got into a bit of a jam uh, in his third and final inning of work when it was, you know, I know we, you look at the final score, you see a blowout. It was close until after Chatwood came out of the game. Um, he took over with a 6-5 to five lead in the fourth and got his last out in the sixth with a 7-5 to five lead. He did a great, great job. Struck out six batters um, out of the 12 he faced. Just one hit, one hit batter, one walk. He was excellent. And, uh, I thought what was super impressive was in that last inning of work, he walked Votto on four pitches and threw a wild pitch. Hadovy comes out to the mound. He's all over the place. And he comes in and against their three, four, five hitters, you know, kind of buckles down and strikes out the side there. That was really impressive. And then the Cubs put up four runs in the top of the seventh and next half inning, and it was over from there. So Tyler Chatwood, it was stories the bats, but second time in the last five days, he's thrown three scoreless innings. He's really helping out this depleted bullpen. Yes, I definitely agree with you. We've always known that Tyler Chatwood has had stuff, pure stuff. He really had a hard time with his control, and that's ultimately what landed him in the bullpen. It wasn't that he didn't have his stuff. He's always had his stuff. It's really great to have him as a long-inning relief type of guy. 
there's been a few starts first half of the season where you Darvish couldn't complete three and we've had to have uh, Chatwood come in and, you know, he's rescued us a lot. He's had a couple spot starts. So I think um, it was really good to see him out there and definitely tip our cap to Chatwood tonight because without him, as you said, it was a very close game. It could have turned out to a blowout on their side of things. Right. Yeah. And I thought, and then in a similar you know situation, uh, you know, obviously they had the bigger lead, but I thought it was smart of Joe. You know, he let Kyle Ryan throw the final 28 pitches for the last seven outs. And you're kind of, at first I was kind of thinking, you know, you're using one of our top three or four relievers right now with Kinsler and Kimber on the DL in this blowout. But, you know, if you go to someone like Derek Holland and they start getting roughed up and all of a sudden now you're burning multiple guys in short leverage, you know, in short inning, high leverage situations, I thought it was smart. Just give it to a guy you know you can trust. You know, 28 pitches, he's probably only going to be down for one day. And, you know, your two highest leverage relievers on the team right now are probably c and Rowan Wick. Those two guys weren't touched tonight. Underwood can pitch tomorrow. Uh, David Phelps is someone you traded for. You're going to have to trust him now. He can pitch tomorrow. So their bullpen is still in for only getting three innings out of Cole Hamels. To have, you know, four of your top five or six relievers currently available tomorrow and, you know, come away with an easy W was, uh, you know, pretty encouraging to see. That's a really good way of looking at it, Patrick. I didn't even think about it because, as you said, if you look at it from big picture, picture our uh, starting pitcher went three innings and we didn't touch any of the other guys in the bullpen. It's great to know that Chatwood can give us that ball, give us those innings. But, you know, I thought similar. Kyle Ryan, I'm like, why not just let him go in an inning, be able to use him tomorrow, put in another guy. But you're right. Multiple guys, more of a chance to get roughed up. So I definitely agree with that. Uh, it's great to see that our bullpen is going to continue to be strong for the rest of this uh, road trip with Cincinnati, but that's good. So Nicholas Castellanos, or Castellanos, great. He's been an awesome acquisition. Three for four with two home runs today. Awesome. Yeah, Castellanos, that's uh, eight starts with the Cubs, nine extra base hits already. Um, you know, the two homers. You know, he's, he's going gap to gap, and I really think those home run numbers are going to elevate now that he's out of Comerica Park. Uh, you know, obviously you can go up and down the lineup. Basically everybody except for Hayward in the starting lineup. I think everybody besides Hayward reached twice safely, I'm, I'm pretty sure, with, with multiple hits. Bryant had three singles. Rizzo had a single and a double. Javi had two hits with an RBI double. Hap, a two-out, two-strike, two-run single, two-run homer. Two singles for Elmore. I'm going, you know, three hits for Jonathan Lucroy making his Cubs debut. So offensively, I mean, they put up 12 runs. They had 19 hits. So it was just a bloodbath. You know, 22 runs the last two days. They have some guys that are seriously locked in right now. Yeah, I agree. It's been great to see them stringing together these hits, not just getting the, mm-hmm. the homers and the solo shots. I love that they're stringing things together. 19 hits is not something to blink your eyes at. That is an awesome offensive performance. As you said, a bloodbath. I mean, it was great to see, and it's even better because when you're down like that, they had a, I think, three or four run lead, three run lead going into that third inning, and Cole Hamels blew it. It can sometimes be very devastating to an offense, and they were able to pick themselves up. Castellanos, next inning, gets that home run with two outs where you thought that the Reds reliever was going to start to settle in. Castellanos comes in and gives that 
awesome blow, and they just continue to pour it on for the rest of the game. Yeah, and they scored after that. They scored again in the in the ensuing in the fifth inning. Another two out RBI extra base hit. It was Jonathan Lucroy. Um, and, and the inning stayed alive because Ian Happ hustled out a double play ball, kept the inning alive. Um, later in the game, Jason Hayward hustled uh, on a double play ball, kept the inning alive. The Cubs were able to score two more runs. That was in the seventh to turn a four-run game into a six-run game, really break it open. Um, it was just good, clean baseball for most of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really not a whole lot. And we already kind of touched on the negative with Hamels. Everything, it's just glowing. It's nice to do, you know, one of these podcasts and they'll start off this road trip on a good note, they haven't run a one a road series in the division all year. And they've. I talked one of the last times I was on these um, during, I think it was in the San Francisco series. They, they've lost, I think, nine out of their last 10 uh, road series openers. And they're always putting themselves in a hole. So now you, ca- you kind of can take a deep breath, get a nice, easy win. You go in tomorrow with the bullpen pretty refreshed. Offense is feeling great. You Darvish has been on a roll. Hendricks follows him on Saturday. Getting that road series and this long road trip opening win is, you know, really nice, especially with St. Louis and Milwaukee off today. Pick up a game on the standings on both of them. Half a game in the standings. Definitely. And that's great to see. And as you said, we're setting ourselves we're right there in a strong position to go through the rest of this road trip and really kick butt. But let's talk about Jonathan Lucroy for a minute. I mean Contreras, as we know, has that hamstring injury. It was devastating because uh, we just traded Martin Maldonado, so we lost our catcher depth almost immediately when he, uh, Contreras got injured. The front office goes out. They sign Lucroy. They actually inked him today, and he's in the starting lineup. Um, he did wonderful. I thought that there were many opportunities for him to, I guess, collapse. Because if you followed him all throughout the season, he was really struggling offensively. But when you have a veteran player with a team that's completely out of it, and you put him right in the heart of a contending team, sometimes their focus and their their just their offensive performance becomes so much better. And I thought he had awesome plate appearances. What did you think about Lucroy? Yeah, no, it's nice for Lucroy and especially, yeah, it just helps, you know, keep that lineup thick, you know, eight hitters throughout Taylor Davis, you know, God bless him. It's good. He's had, he's a cool story, but he's not a major league caliber player. You can't have him in there once or twice a week. And if it was just Davis back there, you'd stretch Caratini thin and he's not good enough to be starting, you know, four or five days a week and be giving you max performance. So I think they have a nice little combo here. Luke Roy has a lot of experience catching Hamels, and only Giovanni Soto, former Cub, has more uh, has caught you Darvish more than Jonathan Luke Roy has. I thought that was a little surprising. Um, so Luke Roy has some familiarity with the staff. Uh, Brandon Kinsler in the bullpen, he's caught him a lot. Uh, so there was, you know, it made a lot of sense to go out and get Luke Roy. You know, you didn't have to, you know, trade anything for him. Not that they could really make a trade now. It's past the July uh, trade deadline, but. You know, to kind of give to get that depth, and it's it's it was just a no brainer move, and it's really nice to see him start off on the right foot. You know, a couple two out RBI hits for him today, um, and you know, I, I, it's much nicer seeing him in the eighth spot in the order than it would be seeing Taylor Davis there. Yeah, I definitely agree, and Taylor Davis is a great story, as you said, and it's uh, it's disappointing to see that he's not being relied on more heavily, but as you said, he's just not a major league caliber player, and. Lucroy is and he's proven in the past that he can be someone vital to a lineup so it's great to see as you said more of a solid lineup for the Cubs speaking of guys that are hitting Ian Happ is white hot right now 
just comes up from AAA, and he's making a statement. He is saying, keep me here. I want to be part of this uh, contending team. I want to go all the way. Let's do this. Yeah, so obviously a little bit nervous about with, with the half thing. Once they made the Castellanos movie, didn't start for a week. And he's a rhythm hitter. You know, it, it's kind of like in basketball. You need you, you, certain players, certain shooters need to be fed, and they need to get you know kind of get get into a rhythm. He's kind of like that at the plate. He's he's not somebody you want bringing bringing in Cole off the bench a lot. And so to see him back in the lineup and Joe feeling confident putting him there at second base, and he's looked pretty smooth there. And there's you know, I mean, it's it's two days. We can be saying something totally different in a week from now. I've never been impressed with half second base defense before. Mm-hmm. You know these last couple of days, but you know we talked. You know the biggest issues with this team have been bullpen depth and offensive offensive depth, and so you kind of have to sacrifice something. You know, you're, there aren't these two way you know Gold Glove slash Silver Slugger type hitters at second base and center field. They don't grow on trees. So I really like that they you know we saw what Albert Almora and Addison Russell were providing this team. So you trade for Castellanos, you know, and his bad glove in the corner, moving Hayward to center. And you're playing half at second, and you know you you trust. Right now, it's working because those guys, and you know, ironically, those two hitters are probably the two hottest on the team, along with Kyle Schwarber right now. So I think you just ride this while it's hot, and you know, think of last season Daniel Murphy was playing second base every day in September. Is half really going to be worse than that? I can't imagine it. So it's nice to see him, and hopefully, he can you know take this position and run with it because no one else has, and I don't think anyone else besides Hap has the potential to do that. Nice. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And so you mentioned Kyle Schwarber. He's doing really good right now, too. Were you disappointed to not see him in the starting lineup? I know Joe likes to play around with things, especially when you have righties and lefties on the mound as splits with Schwarber. But Almora was in the starting lineup and Almora has struggled this year. Would you have wished that Kyle Schwarber was in the lineup rather than him? So I'm a very big Kyle Schwarber fan. I really am. I always have been. Um, but I think, you know, he's gotten a lot of opportunities against lefties. And hitting lefties has really been a problem for this roster all year long. Um, both Schwarber and Almora have been really bad offensively against left-handed pitching. But Almora at least has a track record of doing it before. Um, and Schwarber right now, he's kind of in a groove in the role that he's in. I wouldn't really mess with anything, you know, letting him, you know, maybe, maybe – putting himself in a situation where he's facing lefties as often as he was, was getting him into some bad habits because he's, he stopped hitting him against lefties really since the all-star game. And he's been absolutely terrorizing the ball, you know, just locked in, just seeing one look just from the right side of, of the mound. So I, I think just if, you know, keep Schwarber locked in, uh, you know, Amor minimum improves the defense there. And hopefully, you know, coming into today, Albert Amor had actually had over his last 10 games in, 24, 25 plate appearances, something like that. He he had actually been hitting the ball pretty well. I'm not now more advocate. I think he is absolutely a bench outfielder. I don't think in October he's a guy who's going to be getting starts. But for now, for the time being, you know, Schwarber proved he hasn't been able to hit lefties. So I'm not going it, to. It's it's not fair to criticize Joe. I think for for taking him out of the lineup. No, there's no replacement there really yet to hit against lefties, but. You know, if, if, if you have to pick between two guys that can't hit, you might as well play the guy who's a good glove in center field. That's, I guess, my long-winded take on the matter. Yeah, and, and it's a definite disagreement between some Cubs fans because you can have it mm-hmm. on either side of things. But what you just said ultimately sums it up. You have a 
a good glove in center field. Almora makes amazing catches, arguably gold glove player in center field. I mean, he is very good, but I'm a huge Schwarber fan as well. And I think that him being in a groove right now, taking him on the lineup is just not good. I, I know he struggled against lefties, but I'd rather have him than Almora. I mean, I know Almora can sometimes deliver a home run. He can deliver a base at times, but he swings at some of the worst pitches that I've seen well, out of any that approach. And it's getting worse and worse. I'm not, like you said, I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to. Or, you know, put up a fight if somebody says they want Kyle Schwarber in there, even against lefties and, and more on the bench. Again, you're, you're not going to get that argument from me. There is still a hole, um, and Hayward isn't hitting lefties really this season, too. There's a reason they went out specifically to get Castellanos, who's mashed lefties. And right now that lineup is still a little thin versus lefties with Contreras sidelined. Um, so there's, you know, you know they're just kind of going to have a hole there. You know, this is, this is a flawed roster. And there's yeah. still a hole there. So you hope you get to October. And, you know, Madden has proved he'll, he'll start Schwarber against the tough lefties in October. And you hope that in a scenario where they're facing, you know, a Patrick Corbin or a Kershaw or, you know, Rich Hill, that you get Schwarber out there for three at-bats and he's able to run into one, maybe take a walk and, you know, see what happens from there. But for the time being, you know, that third outfield spot next to Hayward and Castellanos against lefties, whether it's Schwarber, whether it's, uh, Almora, maybe you start seeing Bryant back out into the outfield again to get Bodie some looks at third. Now with Hap taking over second, there, there are different options there. There's a black hole, and we have another, you know, 47 games to, for Madden to try to mix and match. They might face 15 lefties in that time span, so I'm not too worried about it. They face righties the rest of the weekend, so um, you know it's tough. It's there. Madden's in between a rock and a hard place there when it comes to the lineup against left-handed pitching. Definitely. It's almost a flip of the coin. I agree with that. And I think that deeper, if you're in October, you have to put Schwarber up there because he's a veteran and he's disciplined at the plate. He gives you a much better plate appearance. As you said, he yeah. can take that walk. So I night and day between him and Albert. Absolutely yes. night and day. Definitely. Even when, uh, when Schwarber's slumping, it's, it's night and day. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we can't leave the birthday boy out of this one. Anthony Rizzo, it's his birthday, and he starts out the game great. He lines one right down the line, right past Votto. Uh, Bryant scores with great base running skills. I think he really set the tone for the game. It's nice to see Rizzo starting to get back to Rizzo. He was slumping a little bit. I wouldn't call it a full slump, but it's good to see Rizzo getting back to Rizzo. Yeah, I'm happy you mentioned that. You know, it, it's been kind of a weird, you know, couple months. Uh, he's only hit two homers in the last, you know, seven or eight weeks, which is very strange. But his numbers really still aren't that bad. He's still, you know, getting on base. He's still, you know, hitting the ball. He's just not driving out of the park, which is strange. I wonder, Rizzo's a guy who'll go on home run streaks. I wonder if he just, you know, is able to get one, you know, hit one out, and then it, it starts, you know, pouring on for him. But I've said that after his last couple, and it hasn't really happened, so... Again, kind of like you said, it, it isn't like this full-on slump. It's more just a power outage. Um, and we're not feeling it right now because Schwarber, Hap, Castellanos are crushing the ball. After a 10-day mini slump from Bryant, when many people, myself included, were worried about his knee, he's putting together some good at-bats, seven hits and a homer over the last three days. Javi's finding it again. So hopefully, you know, we, we, know, how, we know how this song and dance goes. You know, so they'll start coming down to earth. And, you know, Rizzo, you know, we're going to need to step up. So for now, it's fine. But within the next couple of weeks, we're probably going to need to see that power come back in. But 
you know, it's crazy that Rizzo's already 30. Um, you know, what an accomplished career he's already had, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. We still have him for at least two and a half more years, so hopefully, you know, there's more champagne bottles popping that time frame. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Rizzo's the kind of guy that you will have up there in a slump anyways because the kind of plate appearance he'll give you in his slump isn't what normal guys will give you in a slump. So, you know, Rizzo's a great guy to have up there no matter what. As you said, the home runs are way down. I think that they're going to come, especially when these uh, high leverage situations start to come. That's usually when he performs. Uh, He performs really well postseason especially before postseason, even in game 163 last year against the Brewers, he had that huge home run. Um, So, you know, I'm hoping that he continues. So, yeah. So the Cubs uh, pour it all over the Reds, and then they have a little bit of fun at the end because David Bell basically has no more answers, doesn't want to use his bullpen anymore. He turns to Kyle Farmer, who caught, played second, and then he was going to have him pitch. And you know what? He made the Cubs look foolish, gave up no earned runs. He pitches. Uh, he was the answer. But he was throwing like 45-mile-an-hour pitches. It looked like 16-inch softball out there. What did you think about it? It was – there were some funny moments. So I saw, you know, Lennon J.D. pointed out on the broadcast that some of his pitches weren't registering on the, in the stadium on the gun. Um, and there was Victor Caratini uh, got a hit off him, and he – it was like – it was like a Happy Gilmore golf swing. He like he like crow hopped and swung, and it. it was just very funny. And then Javi, for all you that didn't get a chance to see it, um, I'd never seen this before. Javi went up there against them and took his at bat left handed. Yeah, never seen before. He took a pitch. He took just one pitch, and he and he hit a routine fly off the center. It was very, you know, it was fun, and it's nice to be. You know, we had to we had to kind of laugh off the other night when they got embarrassed, and we had Taylor Davis out there pitching. It was fun to be on the other side to kind of watch, you know, the shenanigans unfold, but knowing you're coming away with a W at the end of the night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Bias has never done that. That was his first major league plate appearance as a lefty, and uh, he, went, he went out there and he swung hard, uh, but those pitches, they were coming down at an angle, and you just could not get under it, and then if you did, you got way too under it. It honestly was funny that he just carved up the lineup like he did. There were some big hitters that came up. Bryant, you know, grounds out. So it was funny to see. And as you said, it wasn't even registering. But I think that the best thing out of this whole thing is that it's been fun baseball. Since the Brewers, I think this has just been fun baseball. You're feeling like it's the Cubs again. You're feeling good. And as we discussed the last Cubs on tab, I was discussing with Brian Mishler. The narrative can flip at any time, especially during this road trip. If they really mess up the rest of these games, we could be talking about something completely different. But as of right now, I think you'll agree with me. It's fun. We're having fun. You know, there's fun things happening. As you said, Baez taking his at-bat lefty. You know, it's, it's a fun time. It's a good time for the Cubs. Yeah. To win, you know, you know, so a week, a week ago, uh, just at this time, uh, the Cubs, were in behind St. Louis in the division. And just a week after just losing two out of three in St. Louis, and a week later, now the Cubs are the biggest division lead of the season, three and a half over Milwaukee, four over St. Louis. And like you said, it can flip at any moment how you feel because the Cardinals have, you know, the Pirates coming into town. The Pirates have been just awful since the break. Uh, and the Cubs face, you know, Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, 
and uh, Luis Castillo the next three days before going to face a potential playoff team in Philly for three days. So the next week we could be, you know, just as negative as this last one was positive. But, you know, we have, you know, there's reason to be optimistic. You know, the, the offense is the offense is deeper than it was a week ago. What, what makes this run maybe hope, hopefully feel different for Cubs fans is the roster's different now. Happ and Castellanos are there and, um, you know, the, the bullpen's kind of a mess, which is why I'm a little nervous, you know, for, for this road trip, which is why it was nice to go out there and get to get a W today. And hopefully they win, you know, you know, at least one this weekend, split in Cincinnati. And they put them by winning today, they put themselves in position to do even better. So I, I like how you put that things, you know, in this crazy 162 game season, they, 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 you know, are very varying, you know, throughout the course of the year. So it's nice to see, you know, it's, it's fun to be on, the the six and one side of things after a three and six road trip definitely definitely all right so cincinnati stuns everyone at the deadline and goes out they trade yasiel puig uh it, it was a combined trade i believe with san diego padres framio reyes goes to the uh cleveland indians for trevor bauer and cincinnati gets trevor bauer and i thought that that was just crazy and you know, a lot of people did because Cincinnati is not a team right now that you could say is contending at all, even for the wild card. So for that to happen, it was crazy. But long story short, tomorrow now the Cubs have to face Trevor Bauer. And, you know, we've seen Trevor Bauer before. Trevor Bauer has shut down the Cubs and then we've gotten to Trevor Bauer. So we have Darvish, you Darvish going on the mound for us. He's been doing great. Absolutely great lately. It's been good to see him spotting his fastball, and uh, he's setting up all his other pitches. So it's been great. I think it'll be a really good pitching duel tomorrow. I think the box score is going to be very different than today. Yeah, and the next two days are great pitching matchups. I'm excited, yeah, for tomorrow. You know, you Darvish is on a roll. So he apparently left his last start uh, sick a little early. So hopefully he's feeling good and healthy and, and refreshed going into tomorrow. Because, yeah, you know, Bauer, um, you know, he's a talented pitcher. Uh, so, but, you know, we, we th- I thought the same thing coming into tonight. And look at how tonight happened. That ballpark at, uh, you know, that great American ballpark out in Cincinnati, you know, is it's it's a box. It's so, it's so tiny. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. Um, hopefully the Cubs can come out and get a win. Um, they haven't been 12 games over 500 all year. So if they win tomorrow, they'll literally be in the best position they've been in all year that's great that's awesome and then we'll be having some more fun so are you feeling good about anyone for our fly the w player of this next game uh you mentioned him earlier about sitting i think after a day off and facing you know bauer tomorrow uh i think kyle schwarber's locked in he's rested even today he he came in off the bench and you know took a walk it's easy in those situations to come in expand yourself get into bad habits nope stay patient took he's He's locked in, so I'm going Schwarber tomorrow. Nice. All right. That's a good pick. I'm going to go with the white-hot player, Ian Happ. I think he's going to go out there, have some good plate appearances. Uh, hopefully he just you know, stays within himself and doesn't get too big for himself and goes out there and performs. Yeah. No, I mean, both guys, you know, they're both local kids. They both had great success hitting, you know, in, in the – Great American Ballpark, and we have plenty of memories of them, you know, depositing baseballs into the right field bleachers. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited for for tomorrow. You know, it's fun. It's one thing to win, but it's another thing to win when you're hitting. 
it's just it's just something you always feel like you're in the game when when your offense is when your offense is clicking. So what they're doing right now, you know, eventually they're probably going to hit another slump at some point. So I'm just trying to take it day by day and appreciate what's going on now. So I'm excited. Definitely. All right, Patrick, you got any final words for this podcast? No, I think I'm, I think I'm, uh, you know, go, go Cubs and, you know, let's go out and get the 12 games over 500 tomorrow. All right. Yep. Go Cubs. Let's keep having some fun. Good night, everybody. Good night. They're saying go Cubs.